It's time to go under the hood with the Indy Fuel. Welcome to Under the Hood with the Indy Fuel, the Fuel's official podcast. I am the broadcast voice of the Fuel, Andrew Smith. Our guest on this week's edition of Under the Hood is Alex Router, who joined the Fuel in a mid-season trade from Rapid City and had a big year with Indy with 20 points in 27 games before the season was cut short due to the COVID-19 pandemic. Before we get to Alex, it's kind of a big time in the ECHL as the league will be turning the calendar over to the new year coming up Monday and Tuesday. Monday is essentially the final day of the 2019-20 season, of course, one that was cut short on the ice by the COVID-19 pandemic. Teams will turn in their end-of-season rosters on Monday, and then on Tuesday, the 16th, they may begin signing players from their protected list and end-of-season roster, and they can do that really throughout the summer, but anybody signed between now and June 30th is signed, as well as teams can extend qualifying offers to up to eight players and retain their ECHL playing rights for one year for non-veterans and essentially through the summer for veterans. And what that means for the fuel would be that they can sign as many players as they can and then protect up to eight players and then everybody else who is either unsigned or unprotected then becomes a free agent. And so that's one thing to keep an eye on. The Fuel's end-of-season roster will have two new players on it as Friday was the future considerations trade deadline for the league. And completing two futures deals, the Fuel received two players, Thomas Ebbing from Reading via Wichita, as well as Patrick McGrath, who came from the Utah Grizzlies, completing deals for Jack Jenkins and Christian Horn as they went to Utah earlier in the season. And so those are the future considerations trades that needed to be completed. So those players are now part of the Fuels roster, and they are eligible to be re-signed between now and the end of June or protected. In other news, the ECHL is going to announce its team awards on Wednesday, June 24th. This will be done at 4 o'clock on the ECHL's Facebook page. Normally, this is done at the league meetings that take place in Las Vegas during the summer. But we're going to have it streamed live for everybody to see. The Fuel are up for three awards, the Community Service Team of the Year, the Ticket Department of the Year, and the Team Award of Excellence. And so congratulations to the Fuel's front office and Larry McQuarrie and his team for the outstanding work they have done. We see that game in and game out and the tremendous work they do to make every night such an outstanding night at the Indiana Farmers Coliseum. And it's awesome to see them recognized by the league as finalists for those three awards. So again, Wednesday, June 24th at 4, we'll find out who wins the ECHL Team Awards. Our guest on this week's edition of the podcast is Alex Router. He joined the Fuel in a mid-season trade from the Rapid City Rush. He had earlier played for Doug Christensen in Manchester the year before, briefly, as well as having played for Atlanta and Wheeling as well as Rapid City into the ECHL. So he's played all over the place, graduate of Cornell, where he was the captain of the Big Red in his senior season. And we'll touch on those subjects, as well as a number of other things 
including a lot of questions submitted by fans. This was part of our Ask Andrew series that we're hosting on Instagram Live on Friday afternoons. You can check the Fuel social media pages and, of course, at Indie Fuel on Instagram. On Fridays, we'll have chats with different members of the Indie Fuel players, front office, coaches. It runs the gamut, and you can submit your questions on the Fuel social media pages for our guests on Ask with Andrew, and we'll archive those conversations as well and bring them to you for our podcast audience. So joining me in the hot seat this week is Alex Router. Since the season ended uh, what's now about three months ago, what have you been doing? What have those last three months been like for you? <laughs> it's been pretty wild. Obviously, it's a little strange, you know, not being able to skate or really train like usual in the off season. but I've been staying active. You know, I'm trying to get out and play sports with all my friends and you know, socially distant, of course, but, you know, I've been uh, hanging out with my family, getting a lot of family time in there, and, you know, that's pretty much all you can ask for. And it's kind of one of the benefits, I guess, the unintended benefits, if you will, is being able to spend a little bit more time with family and friends. What has that been like for you? It's been awesome. So, you know, I've moved away to play hockey when I was around 16 years old, so I've, you know, been away almost every year, especially the bulk of the years from, you know, September all the way into June sometimes, and so, being home has been super fun, and uh, my sister just graduated from Iowa State in December, so it's been super fun for us to hang out with my mom and dad. It's been, it's been really special. What uh, is a typical off-season like for you? How has this one been different? First of all, it's obviously been a little bit longer since we had the early end of the season, but how has this been different? How has your training been different than what, say, you know, April to June would typically be like? Yeah, well, yeah, I think you nailed it right on the head. So usually... I don't like to take too much time off. I don't know. I'm kind of a, you know, a bit of a rink rat and a hockey nerd and I don't like being away. You know, it's not really, that's not where my heart is. You know, I'd rather be, you know, working out every day and skating. And so, you know, the only difference is that we don't really know when the season will start. You know, we can prepare and hopefully it'll be around October, but if it's a delayed start, you know, that'll just give us some more time to train. So right now I've just been trying to get into the weight room whenever I can. And, you know, up until then or up until that, like (laughs) I've been doing everything at home. So I think things in New Jersey are starting to open up sooner. I think uh, maybe either Monday or the following Monday on June 22nd, things will be open. But yeah, other than that, I've been doing a lot of stuff at home, trying to stay fit. I got a new pair of rollerblades, some Mars blades action. So been getting on those. It's been really fun. I know you and uh, Craig Wazimerski were really helping the fuel spearhead the Jersey auction earlier this year to help raise money for the PHPA relief fund. How important was that to you to help out your fellow players here with the fuel as well as elsewhere throughout the league by helping promote that? It was awesome. You know, any, anytime you can get behind a cause like that, it's super beneficial because I think, you know, Craig, Craig said a bunch of times I've said it, you know, not every player needs the money, you know, like it's not about the money. It's really just about making sure that those guys can afford to, you know, take care of their families. And, you know, sometimes those guys are in a little more dire need of the cash. And I think that's why it was good for us, especially the fuel as one of the, you know, the upper echelon organizations in the league to make sure that we did our part and got plenty of money over there into the uh, relief fund. What have your impressions been playing with the fuel? You've played with a number of organizations in the ECHL. What has your time in Indy been like and not necessarily compared to the others, but just what has been unique about Indy? It's really cool. I think Indy, the best part about it is that, uh, you know, it's it's more of a family. You know, you can tell right when you get there, there's so many people who are employed and staffed, and you just see that everyone really cares. You know, everyone everyone who's there wants to make it special, and they understand that, you know, this may be only a temporary stop for the players, but they want to make it first class. And I think that's 
very evident. You know, like you said, I've played in a bunch of bunch of different teams and all the all the divisions of the league, and so it's pretty clear that Indy is definitely right up there as one of the best spots you can possibly play. This is a question that was sent in for Coach Doug a couple weeks ago, but I'll throw it to you too because you have played in a lot of different places. You played in Rapid City out west. You played briefly in Manchester with Coach Doug in the, the north. What what is the game? How is the game different in each division? It seems like the North is a little bit more of a speed game, whereas the Mountain Division is a little bit more of a rough-and-tumble game. Has that been your experience? (laughs) That's pretty fair to say, yeah. I mean, I think, uh, you know, obviously the league as a whole is very good. And, you know, from top to bottom, it's basically the same. But every division has its kind of small nuances, and I think that's because of the travel. You know, every division you play those you play against those teams in your division, you know, sometimes up to 10 times in a year. So it gets a little competitive. And especially in the mountain division, it's definitely more physical. There's a lot more fighting. And, you know, people are, you know, they they take uh, they take exception to some some skilled, more skilled players out there. But I think uh, the central division to me, I think, is the best one. You know, obviously the travel is so nice. Everything's nice and compact. And they send so many players to the American League. And so you can just tell that the central division is kind of. The most, the one that's the most clearly resembled, resembled of uh, the AHL. You know, the South is a little slower, but they have a lot of skilled players down there. And then even like you said, the North is just an up and down. It's more of a speed game. Your season really took off when you came to Indy. Twenty points in twenty-seven games. What was it about having the opportunity to play for the Fuel? What was it about the uh, the atmosphere in the room, or just the style of game that allowed your game to really uh, reach another level? To me, I think it was just Coach Christensen. You know, I mean, his his approach to the game is very simple but very effective. You know, I mean, we have a structure, but the players aren't, you know, glued into it. You know, you can play free, you can play however you want. And, you know, I think when you put the right players into it, it works. And, you know, I think that was very evident. You know, we had so many great players come through our team. And even the guys that weren't able to stay that long, like you saw, like they're all great players. And I think Coach Christensen and Andy, they did a really good job of putting together the team. And, you know, I think we just took it and ran. And that's that was the biggest thing, you know, be, getting able to play with that many great players is obviously going to benefit someone personally. What was your favorite moment playing for the fuel this past season? <laughs> that's a good question. I think to me, honestly, some people might not remember it because it wasn't at home. But the, we had that weekend series in Toledo and I think we took three of three in Toledo. And that was really special just for us, you know, to climb up the rankings and to get three games against a first place team. That was super cool. How much was that three game moment, especially because you were dealing with injuries at that point, you were starting to deal with call ups to go into Toledo, which is a tough place to play and to win three games dealing with the adversity you were dealing with. How much was that a turning point for this team this season? Oh, it was huge. I mean, that's the thing like this. Our team was always scrapping and clawing, and we knew how good we were. That was the thing. You know, our records against Cincinnati and Toledo really showed that. It was just, like you said, some of those things that come into it, call-ups and injuries, like as soon as that those bugs start to hit you, you know, I think you really need to kick it in gear, and that's what we did, especially against Toledo. Kind of, you know, we were a little shorthanded, but I remember uh, Bax had a great weekend. You know, Bobby had a great weekend. Plufer, like we, everyone stepped up, and, you know, that was huge to take those three wins right there, and that really catapulted us into the rest of the season. You know, I think we would have just kept climbing from there. When you have call-ups, when you have injuries, as you kind of did for that stretch in January, how much does every player just have to take on a little bit more of a frontline role, if you will, and kind of pick up for, uh, kind of have that next man up mentality? 
Yeah, it's super important. And especially especially in the minor leagues, you know, the ECHL, we only have three lines. So, you know, everyone, if you're dressing, you're going to play. And I think Coach Christian does a great job with that on the bench. You know, every guy's getting in. They're playing special teams. They're into the game. And so everyone knows it, you know, especially on our team. It's like if you have a couple good games, you know, you could be up in the American League. And I think that's the best part that Indy does a really good job with that and that, you know, they make sure if you're doing well, you're going to get promoted. And I think also, you know, you're going to get more ice time and you're going to help the team, you know, pick up in the, in the playoffs. One of the questions that came from the fans was, what is your favorite road rink to play at? <laughs> Mine is Toledo. I mean, I, I feel bad we're talking all about Toledo so much, but I mean, it's just so much fun to beat them, you know. And when you're over there, they got 10,000 fans screaming everywhere. They're throwing the fish on the ice. You know, it's pretty wild. And kind of dovetailing off of that, what do you enjoy about playing at home at the Indiana Farmers Coliseum? Oh, just it's the same thing. It's the fans. You know, I mean, when you, especially when you're in Indy and you can feel, you just feel the building start to kind of rock, you know, and it's so loud. Especially whenever we score and the horn goes off, it's just it's so awesome. I mean, I think just being to having a chance to play there, and because I, I remember playing as an opponent, like when I was on Wheeling and we came in to play, I was like, oh man, I do not want to play here because <laughs> the building is loud and it's packed and it's hard to even like just talk on the ice with your teammates and then. Being on the home side, it's much better. <laughs> One of the questions from the chat was, what's your favorite pregame meal? What do you like to have before you play a game? Uh, I'm pretty, I wouldn't say superstitious, but I'm definitely a little stitious. Uh, I make, <laughs> I do gluten-free pasta and I make chicken. So I do uh, with a little, you know, I do half Alfredo and half marinara sauce. So it's a little weird, but you know, I kind of like the pink rosé sauce. It goes well with the, uh, the chicken and pasta. A nice little carbo load right before the game, too, right? Oh, absolutely. So, um, And I guess that kind of dovetails into the next question. Do you have any superstitions, things you have to do before every game? Uh, kind of. I mean, I think every hockey player is the same and that they like to have a little routine. You know, I, I'm sure you've heard, like, I'm, I'm a lefty, so I have to get dressed left to right, like everything. Like, I put my left skate on first, I put my left sock on first, literally everything. And then another kind of weird thing I do is uh, I like to sit in the stands before the game. So I, I know once like 40 minutes get on the clock and we have like 20 minutes till we go on the ice, a lot of guys, you know, go in the locker room. And I like to just sit in the stands where it's nice and quiet and I can kind of just get away from things. And, you know, I'll use that time to either some people say meditate, but it's more most like just deep breathing and, you know, just try to focus and get ready for the game. Why do you wear number 20? Is there a reason behind that number? Uh not too much. I mean, I came to town, and that was kind of the only thing available. But I am a huge Alexander Steen fan, you know, obviously because we share the same name and playing ability, but also because he was number 20. And, you know, I really I, – I liked it. It was It's actually funny. One of my one of my roommates in junior hockey, neither of us wore number 20, but we always talked about how cool it was. <laughs> <laughs> and so when when, when, uh, when Flinchy gave it to me, I was like, all right, I can, I can, I can do with that. What is the uh, – is there a – if you have a choice of any number that's available, what's your go-to number? So forever, my go-to numbers were four and nine my whole life. Like I always wore four or nine, and those are my two favorite ones. And then when I got to high school, when I was playing at Chatham High School, I they only did the numbers up to 45, and I had to beg the coach. It took three years, but Coach Harvey Cohen finally let me be number 49, and that was that was definitely a highlight. And, uh, you know, we made, we won the state championship that year, so it's kind of a lucky number. 
and you know I've always I've always kept that one. If I could pick anyone, it would be forty nine. Is there any reason be- behind four and nine? Is or was that just something that came up by coincidence? Uh, I don't know. I mean, I've always kind of I, I really like Maurice Richard, which is definitely an, an older hockey player, but. You know, his number nine was super cool, and I, always, I watched that movie as a kid a thousand times, The Rocket. And so that was kind of the reason I wore nine. And then when I got older, nine was always taken. You know, it was taken by the, the, you know, the better players, and so I always had to find a second one. So I was like, okay, I'll do number four because I love Bobby Orr, and that's just kind of how it, how it started. What's your go-to call for the puck? I don't know if you want to be too... Uh... Too forward with this. I know we've got a few players from around the league who are watching, but uh, that was one of the questions that came up. I saw the Fort Wayne comments joined on. I don't know if we can pick them out, but uh, I think I think the person who asked that—that's one of my good friends from home. Uh, <laughs> and I kind of have this weird thing where I I just scream for the puck, and it's usually gibberish. But I, I also like to say hey, like if. If I'm if I'm playing with someone and they don't hear me call for it, if I'm like say, oh, I'm open, I'm open, they don't hear it, I just literally scream "Hey!" right at them, and it always like they freak out, <laughs> and they usually throw it over, which is nice. As somebody who plays center, do you enjoy kind of that net front role where you're, uh, you know, where where you're picking up things in front of the net, or do you really like being the playmaker, or do you just really kind of take whatever role you're given? Uh, I think at this point in my career, I'm, I've kind of gotten better at, you know, taking what's given. You know, I mean, I ideally, if I could, I kind of like being, you know, the distributor in the middle. You know, I like, like to let the wingers get involved down low, and then I could kind of hang out in the slot and, you know, shoot from there, which is obviously a much easier task. But, you know, sometimes you just have to be the first one in on the forecheck, and that's that's how it goes for everyone. You know, depending on who you're playing with, if, you know, if you're playing with a Mike Doherty, you know, that guy's going in there to bulldoze people all day. But, you know, if you're playing with Bobby Mack, he might be hanging back a little bit, so... You know, it's important to know who you're playing with and uh, play off of them. What's the biggest lesson you learned this season? Wow, that's a great question. I think, I think the biggest lesson I learned this season is that you have to be ready every single game. You know, every night doesn't matter if you're in first place, last place. You know, every team's coming to play, and the guys, the guys give me a lot of flack for this one, but Coach Christensen says it all the time, and it's like, you know, everyone gets paid. You know, every guy on other team they're getting paid too, and everyone's always trying to win and. You know, the league is good. You know, people always say that some of the best players will come out of the ECHL, and it's true. And especially forwards. The uh, the amount of talent that you have, especially among the forwards in this league, is uh, long been really good. But how do you kind of carve out a niche given the talent that we see in this league? Well, I think it's important to just stay true to yourself. You know what I mean? If you're a shooter, you have to shoot. And if you're a playmaker, you have to make plays. That's kind of how it is. You know, you don't want to get away from your game because that's not going to help you be successful, you know. So I think you got to stick to what got you there and, you know, try to pick up a few things along the way. What's your favorite place to eat in Indy? Ooh, uh, we go we go to the sushi place. I think it's called Watami, and it's all-you-can-eat sushi. And that also is a quick shout-out to all my friends back home in New Jersey. We do a sushi squad before every uh, men's league hockey game. The, uh, the Shamrocks were currently... Uh, the reigning champions of our league, so it's good. To know. I want everyone to know that if there's any rival teams in New Jersey, they can come and try to play us. Who do you normally skate with? Do you normally skate with a bunch of players from New Jersey during the summer to get ready for the season? Yeah, primarily. I do a couple things up in Connecticut as well. I, I work out at Prentice Hockey, which is super cool, and there's a lot of other pros there. But then when I'm home in New Jersey, I always skate with all my friends from back home, and you know that's the, that's the best part of being home is you get to play with the Shamrocks. 
and uh, <laughs> a bunch of them are chiming in in the comments i'm sure you can see but yeah it's uh, you know i try to skate all over you know you want to make, make sure you're you're learning from everybody uh jj pickenich uh, jumps in with the question what's it like playing forward and defense in the same game <laughs> well i've been trying to get coach doug to let me play some goalie because not, not everyone knows if i played goalie till bantam so i want to be the first guy to say he's played all three positions in in one game that'd be pretty sweet so you started out as a goalie how did you end up uh, skating out and becoming a forward it's kind of a funny story but uh my goalie partner actually happened to be a really good goalie himself. His name's Colton Finney. He played for uh, the Atlanta Gladiators and uh, I think Adirondack Thunder for a while in the ECHL. And he was really good. And so I, you know, I was the backup. I wasn't playing very much and our team just couldn't score. So that was like our biggest problem. And so uh, one day I was like, Hey, like I'm, I want to play, like I'm going to come out of the net. And I think, uh, I think I scored or something, but we went on a pretty good run and we were, you know, we made the playoffs and we came from like, way back in the standings and then the next year they were like oh like we want you to play goalie again and i was like oh there's no way <laughs> <How did laughs> so then you... I, I had to switch switch organizations but then yeah i took off from there how did you get started playing hockey what drew you to the ice so my dad was a coach actually so at, at my local high school my mom is a secretary and my dad was the coach and so i kind of just grew up with it i mean the the team actually used to practice at 5 45 a.m so <laughs> they would have high school hockey practice every morning before school and so I would go ride with him and I would just be at the rink, you know, when I'm four or five years old, just watching these guys. And, you know, I thought those guys were superheroes, you know, it was so cool just being able to see them every day. And then eventually they started to let me go on and skate with them. And then, yeah, just, you know, kind of fell in love with it from there. What is outside of your time with the fuel? What is maybe your favorite hockey moment? Wow. Favorite hockey moment. There've been a lot. I've had a lot of good times playing all over the world, but I think, uh, the best one would be our state championship that I had with Chatham High School. You know, it was, it was like I said, you know, my family's very ingrained in the town and it was super cool to, you know, play somewhere that my dad played and they had never won. So it was our first ever state championship. So it was super cool to bring that home to Chatham. What uh, other sports did you grow up playing besides hockey? <laughs> I played a ton of sports. I wasn't very good at any of them. That's uh, <laughs> kind of kind of the bad thing. But I think uh, I was played, played some baseball. I played lacrosse for a while, too. That was super fun. and But, yeah, other than that, I think around high school is when I kind of started to get more serious with hockey and play that full-time. What's the – maybe your favorite goal you've ever scored or one that uh, one that stands out? Ooh. Uh, there's a couple big ones. I know uh, I scored a goal at, uh, at Madison Square Garden when I was playing for Cornell and that was super cool. Just being able to do that in front of all my friends and family. That was awesome. And then, uh, I think the last, the last goal I scored in Indy was against Toledo. And that was a super big goal just to put us up ahead. And, you know, any, anytime you can help out the team and, you know, really push ahead to make sure that you, you put someone behind, it's really huge. What is, uh, now that we're kind of at that point in the year where it's June, we start looking ahead to next year. What is this time of year like for you as you evaluate your options and start planning for the following season? Yeah, well, I know a lot of guys, especially in the ECHL, they're always talking about going to Europe and there's offers coming from there. And, you know, everyone everyone just wants to make money and play hockey, but that's the thing. You have to kind of really evaluate where you, where you can do that. And obviously playing in Indy is really special. And so that's why I think, you know, I made it clear to Coach Doug that I wanted to be back and I wanted to be playing in Indy. And I think for me it's the perfect spot to play right now. You know, there's a lot of opportunity and it's uh, 
it's just a good spot. And, you know, it's, I wouldn't call it a second home quite yet, but hopefully uh, once all the contracts get sorted out and the league is back going, you know, I can't wait to get back there. Coming to Indy, you came via trade from Rapid City. What uh, What is it like to be traded in the middle of the season and to have to fit yourself into a new team? It's definitely a little weird, obviously, you know, especially in the minors, there's so much movement, you know, people going up and down and getting traded, released, quitting, coming in, like guys coming out of retirement, as, as we've seen. But, you know, especially in Indy, it was a smooth transition. You know, everyone was super nice, super cool and welcoming. And, you know, as soon as you get there, you know, you just have to play that night. I think I got in, I got into town at like two and, you know, the game was in five hours and Coach Doug was like, just go have some fun and, you know, found instant chemistry with the guys and, and it was awesome. Is hockey kind of a good sport where if you do have to change teams in the middle of the season that you can do so just simply because of the fact that it's really kind of a read and react game and much less of a systems type game? Yeah, no, definitely. I mean, the best part about coming to a new team is that you have 20 instant friends, you know, obviously guys have different personalities and sometimes it takes a little while for some guys to warm up, but you know, it's definitely, it's definitely a good feeling coming to somewhere where, you know, is a good spot. And, you know, that's for me, like leaving rapid city and going to Indy, I knew I was going to be in a really good spot and I was going to meet some really good guys. And, you know, it was good for us, you know, good for me to be in that kind of environment. You're the captain of your college team at Cornell, your senior year. What was it like for you to be, a leader on the ice of your college team. Yeah, no, it was, it was obviously an honor. It was super cool to be a part of that and all the great players that have played there before me. You know, sadly, we didn't accomplish the goal that we wanted. You know, we set out to be national champions and we fell a little short. But, you know, it was an awesome experience to just be able to play with those guys. You know, those are fond memories that I'll take with me for the rest of my career. And, you know, some of those guys are still some of my closest friends. And, you know, <laughs> I know uh, some guys are chiming in about, Worcester and that was where I played my last college hockey game at the, the Worcester Railers Arena and in the NCAA tournament yes so uh, what is uh, what does it mean to you to be able to to lead your team to the tournament even though you didn't reach your ultimate goal to play in the NCAA tournament and the pressure that that brings with that one and done playing against some really good teams night in and night out yeah no it was it was awesome like I think everyone sees uh, the Ivy League and the ECAC is a tough division. You know, it's it's known for being physical and low scoring. And so for us to kind of come out of the gate and do so well, I think I think we went undefeated in our first seven or eight games. And we only lost like four or five games all season. So it was it was a really good it was a really good year, especially that last one. And, you know, just just setting a standard for the other players is kind of what, you know, my senior class and I wanted to do, you know, because when we came in, the team wasn't like that. You know, everyone wasn't really accountable. And, you know, the the expectations weren't there. And so I think for us, you know, we kind of left it where it's like every year you're striving for that national championship and you're making sure that you're trying to do everything in your power to make sure you're winning. And if you don't, you kind of fell short. Who's the best player you played with at Cornell? Ooh, that's a very good question. I think, uh, there's so many, it's so hard to choose the best one, but I think uh, a couple shout outs to a few guys would be, uh, Morgan Barron and Tristan Mullen, those are some younger guys when I came in, or I, not when I was leaving, they came in. And then my freshman year, there was Cole Bardro and Joel Lowry and Yoki Ryan, Jake McDonald. There were a lot of really good players that have came through there. And so I'm sure a lot of, guys, a lot of ECHL fans and AHL fans have, have seen those guys. I know we've talked before about your Madison Square Garden experience playing at Cornell and scoring there, but growing up in New Jersey – 
just down the road from Madison Square Garden, seeing the Rangers play there, seeing all the great events that have happened at what's probably America's most famous arena. What did it mean to you to play there and get a chance not just to play but to score? Yeah, no, it's an incredible honor, and and that's the coolest part about, you know, the fact that MSG does that kind of stuff for the college hockey, you know, they get – they let teams come in and play, and it's just like the Rangers are playing. You know what I mean? There's thousands and thousands of fans in the stands. And for me, it was super cool because, you know, my, all my friends and family are there from Chatham and Morristown, New Jersey. And, you know, the coolest part for me, I think, was that my mom was there. And, you know, just getting to score and her to see it. I mean, I, she told me she didn't even she didn't even realize it was me until I was halfway down, you know, taking the penalty shot. But it was pretty cool that, you know, she got to be there for it and then obviously seeing everyone after it, and it was awesome. One of the questions in the chat, who's your favorite line mate you've played with? Oh, my favorite line mate of all time would be Jim Herondine. So he's one of my buddies from back home. There's, they're actually brothers. It's Jim and Jake Herondine. I've yet to center both of them in our, for our Shamrocks team, our, you know, like I said, the powerhouse of New Jersey uh, men's league. But, you know, Jim is up there as one of the best line mates. Super creative with the puck. You never know what he's going to do out there. And uh, that's why it's always fun to play with him. What does the rest of the summer look like for you? Well, right now, uh, New Jersey actually just opened up. So I think I uh, might get on the road, might go visit some friends uh, from Cornell and from high school and stuff. And But other than that, yeah, just getting back in the gym hopefully soon and getting on the ice a lot. And, yeah, just, just waiting. I, obviously, I can't wait for the NHL to come back. I'm going to be stoked to watch the Blackhawks play. That'll be super sweet. But then, uh, yeah, I'm hoping that October 1st we'll get raring to go in the ECHL. And we're looking forward to seeing to seeing you this fall, hopefully. But I uh, want to thank you for joining us. One, is there anything that you'd like to say to the fans before we uh, sign off? Uh, just that thank you for your support, you know, all year long during the season. And obviously it's been tough with this COVID nonsense. But obviously I think uh, once we get going in the fall, I think it'll be great to see everyone back. And I hope everyone's just raring to go. I can't wait to see the Farmers Coliseum sold out and packed. And that is Indy Fuel forward Alex Router joining us on this edition of Ask with Andrew on Instagram Live, bringing it to you here on Under the Hood with the Indy Fuel as well. Want to thank you for joining us. We'll have lots of fuel news coming up in the next couple of weeks, more podcast guests as well. And for our guest, Alex Router, this is Andrew Smith saying, stay safe, stay healthy. Come October, we'll see you at the rink. Thanks for going under the hood with the Indy Fuel. For more, keep visiting IndyFuelHockey.com.